We get to preach on today something a lot of people like and enjoy, and that's wrestling. <laughs> we like to wrestle every now and then, you remember? One of my favorite um, videos, uh, I don't know what they're called, not TikToks, but on Facebook that, they, that you can look at. There's a little girl, and I wish I could have brought the video with me, but I knew that you've probably already seen it. But there's a little girl, probably about five or six years old, and she's just coming home from school, and she's talking to her grandpa, and, and he, she says this, I'm quanky, and I'm tired, and I had a bad day at school. You, anybody seen that, or is it just me? I'm the only one who's seen that. Um, but it, and the little girl walks off, and the papa says, does that mean you don't want to wrestle? And she said, well, maybe wait till when I'm no longer quanky and tired. You know, but, uh, and I, I love that because, you know, I, I love, remember well, that was the biggest thing in our house growing up was wrestling. I mean, we took it serious. We pile drive kids left and right and suplexed them. I mean, it was, that's how we had fun. Um, wrestling was a part, but my, my question to you today is this, have you wrestled with God lately? Ha have you wrestled with God lately? And, um, <laughs> and you, many of you all look like you're quanky and tired. <laughs> and quanky and tired usually means you've wrestled with God lately, that you, you have been in that um, situation. What are some ways to know if someone has been wrestling with God? One thing is, is that they're confused about the purpose they have in life. And they're wrestling with God to figure out what that purpose is. How to know if someone's been wrestling with the Lord is that they've lost their passion. They don't have that fire anymore about Jesus and all that he's done for them because they're trying to figure out some things in their own personal life. How to tell out if you're wrestling with the Lord today is that you're frustrated. You're, you've drawn back. Um, from attendance you've drawn back from from worshiping the Lord you've drawn back from other people and you're questioning your faith in Jesus and you're right down exhausted and that's how you can tell today if you've been wrestling with the Lord we wrestle with God um, over his will for our lives we have a thought that we want to do something but we know God has a plan for our lives and we wrestle him trying to get him to come over on our side. We, we wrestle with God when we struggle with a decision to make. There's people here this morning that, man, you got a decision in life that's coming up, and you're going to have to make that decision. You're wrestling with that decision, with the, with the Lord on how you want that answer, when you want that answer, and why you want it. And there's people here today that are wrestling with the Lord um, because they're faced of what's deciding on what's right and what's wrong. It's so hard today to know that which is right and that which is wrong. And, and I have people ask me the question all the time, do you think this is a sin or, or do you think that is a sin? You think this is something we should be doing or you think this is something that we should be doing? Why is it so difficult today? Because today we live in a time where people call good evil and evil good. So it's confusing of what's out there right now. And people are wrestling with the Lord trying to decide what's right and, and what's wrong. And it's evident they're in that wrestling match. In, in Genesis chapter 32, we find Jacob wrestling uh, with the Lord. Um, we're going to be able to find out tonight at 6 o'clock. I don't have time to put it in my sermon because we'd be here a while but tonight we're going to decide and, and figure out and see in Scripture 
what a theophany is, what a Christophany is, what is an event in the Old Testament where the Lord Jesus is, is, comes out and we get to be a part of that and see him in that person. We're seeing one of those today in, in um, Genesis chapter 32 as Jacob wrestles with the Lord. So when we're going to look at that, that phrase, wrestling with the, war, the Lord, we're going to see in how Jacob took care of it, and we can see how it goes along with my life and your life even today. The very first thing, if you want to wrestle, you're going to need a place. You're going to need a mat. You're going to need a, a venue, an event center, some place to wrestle. And I want to read to you um, the very first place here in Genesis 32 where this wrestling match took place in Jacob's life. So read with me in Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 24. And he arose the night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Javok. He took them, sent them over, to the brook, over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So we see at the very beginning the place where Jacob wrestled with the Lord. What did that place look like? That place was dark. Why do I believe it was dark? It was in the evening, over the night. Today, we are usually in a bad place in our life when we wrestle with the Lord. Jacob was in that dark spot. What was happening in Jacob's life? He was waiting on seeing, meeting for the first time since he had tricked his brother into selling his birthright. He was going to see Esau for the first time. And he knew without a shadow of a doubt that Esau was going to kill him because of the deception that Jacob did in his life and stole that birthright from him. So he knew. How in the world did Jacob know Esau was going to kill him? The only answer that you could possibly give to that is this. Jacob knew Esau was going to kill him because that's exactly what Jacob would have done if Esau would have stole his birthright. So he thought Esau was going to kill him because that's what he would have done to Esau if it would have been the other way around. Many times me and you are scared of conflict because we think the one that we're afraid of is going to treat us just like we would have treated them if we would have done the same thing to them. So he was scared what Esau was going to do. He knew that Esau was going to try to kill him. And he sent his, his family ahead. He sent everybody. He was alone there at night in the dark. And he wrestles with an important part of his life. He is going to have to make a decision if he is going to trust the Lord or not. We wrestle today with the Lord because we don't trust him to help us where we're at. Jacob had already trusted the Lord in his past. Remember, he laid his down head on the head of the, the stones, as, as Tim preached a couple weeks ago, and he, he, he allowed to, went to see the ladder and the dream and all the stuff that happened 
And he surely knew he was in the place of the Lord. So he trusted in the Lord in the past. And he had heard about all, and God had given him all the promises of how God was going to take care of him. And his, his sons were going to be the ones that will take out the, the Israel. And the 12 sons of, of Jacob will be the 12 tribes of Israel. He had all the faith in the, in the Lord to take that to promise. And that was in the hands. But what Jacob's problem with wrestling with the Lord was not the past, it was not the future, but it was right now. He was afraid that Esau was going to kill him right now. You know what, church? My problem that I wrestle with the Lord a lot, and it's probably your problem is the same way, I'm perfectly settled in the faith that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for my sins. And I know by believing upon him, I have been saved, gloriously saved, and I because of that salvation, I can be thankful for all that God has given me. I put my faith in the salvation of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't have a struggle with that one bit. That's taken care of. That's in the hands of the Lord. And I look ahead of my life, and I see a glorious heaven that's waiting me and I may get there in two ways one way the eastern sky may split and and the, I'll be caught up into heaven to be with my Lord and Savior man I hope that's how it goes but it may be go that this old heart may be given up or a big old bus runs me over or one of you just knocks me silly one of the somehow it's going to happen somehow I'm going to walk out of this world dead or uh, through rapture and I know when I'm absent from this body I'm going to be present with the Lord in glory I have that faith. So I have the faith that God has taken care of me through salvation. I have faith that God is taking care of me in heaven and glory. But what our wrestling match about today is simply this. Am I going to believe that God is going to take care of me in the problem that I'm in right now? Is he going to take care of the difficulty that I'm walking in right now? And the answer is yes. God is able. If he is able to save you, if he is able to create a heaven in heaven, a room in heaven for you, he is able to take care of whatever little problem you're in right now or big problem, wherever it may be. But that's our biggest struggle is in the right now. We need to trust God that he can help us where we're at right now. When God is calling you to do a work, we can remember back, man, I used to do this, and man, one day I'll do this. That's all great, but you need to listen to what God's asking you to do right now. That God's calling us to do a mighty work right now. We need to trust him with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul. Maybe you're in that dark place right now. Maybe you are exhausted, and you've been running, and you've been tired, and, and, and you just need to meet God face to face and realize that he is able to take care of you where you're at right now the Bible says in first Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 to cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you that's who God is God is the God of the past God is the God of the future but also God is the God of the present right now that he can take care of you and when you wrestle you wrestle because you got a reason to wrestle. And usually that wrestle, that, the reason we wrestle is to win, to win. Verse 25 uh, uh, 20 through 28 says, 
says this, if you would walk with me with those. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Today, when you wrestle with God, you, you wrestle with him for a reason. And the reason that we wrestle with the Lord is we want to win. We wrestle for dominance. All-time heavyweight champion of, of the world. That, we wrestle for that belt. Um, to win that, to know that we're better than anyone else. I have a lifelong friend uh, who, is, who died early on in our, young, in our 20s of colon cancer. But me and him wrestled every day of our lives. And Chris could put you in a figure four in 2.3 seconds. I mean, it would be just, just like that. And you'd be like tapping out as hard as, as you could. Most of you all don't even know what a figure four is. And, um, and you know what? Thank God. Amen. Thank God for that. But um, what I had to do was I had to hurt him before that happened. That was my goal in life. Why? Because it was dominance. Whoever won was the strong one, was, was, the, was the tough one. And, and we about killed each other growing up doing that very, very thing. Every single day we had a chance of, of doing that. But we wrestle um, to win, to, for dominance. We wrestle God because he wants to change us and we don't want to be changed. He wants us to go in a one direction, and we're very happy going in the other direction. He wants us to do one thing, and we don't want to do that. We want to do something else. So we wrestle with God because he wants to change us. Jacob was changed from Jacob the, the trickster, Jacob the deceiver, to Israel. The one who brings honor and glory to God. But before God changes our character, he must first humble us and get our attention. Today, that's what God does in our lives when we wrestle him. He humbles us and gets our attention so that we can know that he has something special for us. That he can tell us that he does not want us to continue in sin, but he has a life that would bring honor and glory to his holy name. How did he humble and how did he get Jacob's attention? Jacob was an ultimate control freak. Go ahead, just raise your hand if you're a control freak. There's only two or three honest people in this, in this and we'll, the rest of you all, we're praying for you right now. But I'm a control freak. I do not follow well. And I have people in my life who are control freaks that have not a chance in the world to follow somebody. I have, not going to mention names, but I wouldn't say, All right, we're going someplace. Only thing you got to do is get in your car and follow me. They immediately asked the question, where are we going? I said, did I ask you? your information or anything i just said get in your car and follow me. well you're gonna to have to tell me where we're going why you're following me you know why they don't want to know they think they may know a better place to go or they know a quicker route to go and they don't want to follow me because why would i follow you when you could be following me right 
because I don't know if you know where you're going. The problem we have sometimes in their time as a control freak is that we think we know a better way than God. And that's why it's hard for us to, to follow people because we think we know better than other people. So God in our wrestling match has to be able to allow us to see that he is worthy to be followed. That he knows the way that we're going and he knows the way we should go. And what we need to do is humble ourselves and follow the Lord. For some people, that's almost an impossibility. Because they don't want to follow because they've been doing it their own way for so long. They know which way to go. They don't need a GPS. They don't like those things. You know what? I got a new truck. It's got a little camera in it. I don't look at that camera. If I have to have a camera to back up, I'm going to quit. I don't want you don't need that stuff. But you know what? We, we don't, I don't trust that someone could overtake that camera and put some other picture in there, and I'd have no idea what was going on. So I might as well drive the way I was taught to drive my whole entire life. There's a couple of you all people like me. That, I ain't going to trust that camera. That, there could be anything in that camera. You know what I'm saying? I could be watching Seinfeld. I wouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? I have no clue. But what happens is when we get in that instance of being a control freak, we don't think that anybody else can do it quite like we do it. So we wrestle with the Lord. It's hard for us to follow the Lord because we know where we want to go, and it might not be where he wants us to go. So we wrestle. Jacob was the ultimate manipulator. He would do anything to get his way. And that's why he's in this situation, because he manipulated Esau in getting what he wanted, and now he, think, he, he thinks Esau is going to kill him. The problem is this. You can manipulate people, but you can never manipulate God. And this morning, if you're a manipulator, I just want you to know, that do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And we need to understand that. You can trick people all day long, but you ain't going to trick Jesus, not one time. There must be a time, a point in our lives when we bend our knees to the Lord and say, not my will, but thine. And there is going to be a time for every single one of us here today that we bow our knee before the Lord and confess with our tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's not just some of us are going to do it, but every single one of us are going to do it. You're going to either confess that Jesus is Lord and bow your knee before him before the end time while you yet still have breath by putting your faith in Jesus Christ or at the judgment seat when it's too late you and everybody else will bow their knee before the Lord and confess that he is God. But it's going to be too late. It's not if, it's when you're going to know the Lord. And when you wrestle with that decision, when you wrestle with that in your heart, you need to know that God loves you so much and these ladies are going to do it in John chapter 3, that he gave his only begotten son, that you would not have to perish, but that you could have everlasting life.
That's how much he loves us. When you're wrestling that with that, you need to remember that. And when you wrestle, you think you always have a winner and you'll always have a loser. That's how we were raised. You remember when you stayed up and watched the WWE or whatever it was when we were kids with Hulk Hogan and, and um, Andre the Giant and all those guys. I was a big Road Warrior fan. You know, I remember those guys. Um, I, that's what we liked. And some of you, some of these kids still like those same guys that we, we watched back in the day. But you always remember something that there was always a winner and there was always a loser. That's how it always happened. And, and in life, even with the boys yesterday and the boys Friday night, um, there's always going to be a, a, a winner and there's always going to be a loser. I'm just thankful that we don't live in Europe and have to play soccer where they can go into a tie. You know what I'm saying? But that happens in that way. But we think in our lives that there's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a, a loser. Um, even though we may think that, that's not actually true when it comes to wrestling with the Lord. When you wrestle with the Lord, it does not come out that way. Jacob did not win the match, but he saw God face to face and he lived to tell about it. You know what that is? That's a win. When you live, when you see God face to face and live to tell about it, and it changes your life forever, you win. Read with me in verses 29 and 30. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I beg, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. It was not a win or a lose, but it was a win-win situation. When you wrestle with God, you won't defeat him, but you won't lose necessarily either. Why? Because Jacob was touched by the Lord and was changed forever. And he begged. He said, Lord, please tell me. Tell me your name. I beg you. And what he got to do that day is to be able to see God face to face and realize that God was just not the God of the past and that God was not just the God of the future, but God was the God of the present right then and right now. That God could take care of Jacob even when keeping him from death of Esau, even with the difficulty that he was going to go through his life, that God was able to take care of him right where he was at and Jacob got to see that and it was a win for him you know what as a believer today there's a there's a southern gospel song that they sing at some funerals and I, I want it sang at my funeral one of these days one of y'all gonna have to learn the song I'm sure they know it already Danny probably knows it he can play it right now it, it's I'm a winner either way if I live or if I well you got I ain't gonna die anytime soon you know what I'm saying you got a while to learn that one if I win or if I die, I'm a winner either way. I have a lady that's dear to my heart that's way up in age, and, and she wants to uh, change her, uh, her wishes for her uh, funeral all the time. And, and we go visit her, and, and, 
And she's like, I need you to come by and talk to me about my, I want you to do my funeral and all that stuff. And every week we go by, every month we go by, I sit down with her and I say, now, I'm busy tomorrow, but will Thursday be good for your funeral? And she says, oh, I don't know if it's going to be Thursday or not. But she's ready. She's ready for that day of when it comes. But the only chance me and you to be able to have to say, I'm a winner either way if I live or if I die, is if we've seen God face to face. If we put our trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you may be wrestling with that decision right now. You may be wrestling with that. Is God able to take care of me? Is God is who he says he is? When you face him, when you wrestle him, and he reveals himself to you, you'll see that you're a winner either way. If you live or if you die, if you're here or if you're present in heaven with the Lord, either way, you're a winner. And I want to show you the last thing is this. When you wrestle, people know. They can tell. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 31 and 32 says this. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that, that shrank. When you wrestle, uh, people know. I wrestled in high school, and the most embarrassing thing uh, a little chunky, uh, big chunky young gentleman can do is wear a wrestling outfit in front of the whole entire school. And um, they make those things extremely revealing, you know what I'm saying, um, to all people. And I was always uncomfortable in that. But some of the most exciting things that you could possibly watch is I was heavyweight um, division in the wrestling, and that meant I wrestled everyone who was big. And it was like, it was like really, it was like if you were over 160 pounds, I had to wrestle you. You know, it was, like, it was that, that the heavyweight was so, so huge. And um, heavyweight wrestling is one of the funnest things you've ever watched in your life if you don't get to watch it for 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, I mean, we throw people, hunt, I mean, it's looking awful. Afterwards, it's very ugly. Because you're exhausted, you can't even lift your hand up, and it's just like two very large gentlemen hugging each other in the middle of the high school gym in spandex. Uh, not very uh, attractive, as I could say uh, to you uh, today. But what I'm saying is this, when you wrestle, people can tell. People can tell if you've been wrestling. If you um, have done it for long, um, you'll see someone who has a cauliflower ear. And anytime you see someone with a cauliflower ear, you know what? They've been a wrestler a good part of their lives. You can tell that they have wrestled. Um, if you've seen someone just come out of a wrestling match, their hair's all fuzzed up, their face is red, you can tell they just come out of a wrestling match. You can see that they have been wrestling. But here today, you can tell that Jacob wrestled with the Lord because he walked out with a what? A limp. For the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. Even today, the Bible says, so even at that time when the Bible was written, people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night um, when the Lord strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. That, that 
hip, that tendon, that displaced tendon in Hebrew is called Gid Hanashe. And what it actually is translated into Judaism, into Hebrew today by Jews, is sciatic nerve. So what is really a pain that so many of us struggle with on a daily basis, that sciatic nerve pain, uh, is kind of maybe what happened to him when the Lord displaced his hip. He gave him that hip flexor or that sciatic nerve pain that always walked with a limp every time after. And it reminded not only him that God changed his name and changed his life, but it reminded all of Israel that they changed at that point in your, in your life. So let me share something with you. When you wrestle with God, we know. We can tell that you're wrestling with the Lord. The Lord this world can tell when you wrestle with the Lord. But not only that, we can tell when you've been with the Lord. And you can tell when I've been with the Lord. One of my favorite stories comes out of the book of Acts um, chapter 4 and you see Peter and James at the gate called beautiful and I love the beautiful gate because that is the eastern gate of the temple at one day when the the eastern sky splits and when Jesus comes back um, at the eastern gate is where we think and believe and what the Bible says that he will put his foot down upon earth in the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so the people who are against Jesus coming back the people of that time the religious people of that time thought better of that and they said we know how we can keep Jesus from coming back to this eastern gate the gate called beautiful what we'll do is put a cemetery here and Jesus cannot come into the eastern gate because of the cemetery because the people of the tribe of Levi, the priests of Judaism, cannot go through a cemetery because they would become unclean. But what we know and what they should have known that Jesus Christ is not a part of the tribe of Levi but the tribe of who? Judah, and he absolutely can walk right down the middle of a cemetery today and not be unclean. And that's what we're talking about here at the gate called Beautiful. And there was Peter and James were there at a prayer meeting in the middle of the day, and there was a man that was lame uh, from birth, could, crippled from birth, and could not walk. And every single day of his life, he stayed at that gate begging for money. And here, Peter and John saw saw him, wretched down in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and healed him, and he picked his bed up, and he, he walked out of that gate called Beautiful. And let me see today, if you would put somewhere at the Walmart down there that they say and collect money, or at the bridge and they collect money, well, if you saw somebody that was there collecting money who was crippled from from birth and we knew who that person was we knew that they never walked you would think if someone had touched them and the next day you saw them walking out of around town no longer begging but but being a regular person in life being a citizen who's helping out in this world you would be so thankful to see someone moving from a person a crippled man to a man who is able to work again you would think everybody would be happy about that but that's not true many of them got upset because they did it in the name of Jesus Christ and Peter and James Peter and John ended up in what jail just because of what they've done. So they were in jail, so they had to stand before the court because of healing a crippled man and making him walk again. And in the middle of the court, this is what Peter says to them there in front of the court after his arrest. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Listen, 
rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to all, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the, this is the stone which he was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. You remember how we started the songs today? Standing on the promises of God. You know what, what Peter and James John was doing? They were standing on the promises of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, they healed this man and he made him walk. And then they were arrested just like Jesus was arrested. And they stood in court. But what did they do? They stood up with boldness, standing on the promises of God and said, you know what? We did not heal this man. It was not us that made him walk again, but the one that you crucified, the one that you rejected, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, he is the one who healed him. And you know how the people responded? Won't you see it in verse 14, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, listen, they marveled. They were amazed. But listen here. They realized that they had been with Jesus. The only reason that Peter and John were able to preach Jesus with boldness was because they had been with Jesus. Do you think they wrestled with Jesus? <laughs> and you can read Peter and John and tell me the answer to that question. They wrestled with the Lord with difficulties and problems and faith they wrestled, but because they wrestled with the Lord and they trusted the Lord, people could see that they had been with Jesus. When you've met God face to face and you've wrestled with him over your will or his will, when you've wrestled with him over what's right or what's, what's wrong, when you've wrestled with him to be what, making a correct decision, this whole world can tell you've been with Jesus. And that's why you're a winner, a winner either way. Because you went face to face with Jesus, with the Lord, and lived to tell about it. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you so much that he gave you eternal life that he died on the cross for our sins. Today, a lot of you like how we started this. You're quanky. And, and you're tired. You're worn out and frustrated. You've lost maybe your first love. But what you need to do is look back to that time when you wrestled with the Lord. That time when you could not make a decision if you was going to say yes to the Lord or yes to this world. 
And you need to look back to that time there in the penal, in the darkness of your life, in the difficulty that you were in, and remember that time that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. When I was a kid, it was a song that we sang. It was on a Tuesday. Somebody touched me. It must have been the hand of the Lord. And whatever day it was, there's, there's even a verse of that song. Is I can't remember what day it was, but somebody touched me. It must have been the day, the hand of the Lord. Remember back to that time when the Lord touched you. And be able to say, you know what? That's the reason I stand on the promises of God. Because he touched me. And I've never been the same ever since. And this morning, if there's never been a time in your life where you confronted the Lord and made that decision, today is the day of salvation. And if we sing that song, you'll sing, it was on a Sunday that somebody touched me. It must have been the hand of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, I'd ask that you'd do a mighty